You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead and pull up a chair. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Bill Dawes. Welcome to The Afterlife. I'm here with Remy Casimir from New York. You flew in today. Today, woohoo! And I have been uh, asking Remy to do my podcast for a while. W- be honest with me, was, it a l- was I a little annoying about it? Not at all. Okay, good. No. Um, the reason, um, some of you might know her, she is a comic and she has a very, very popular podcast called How Come. Thank you. And uh, I started getting turned on to it, which sounds like the wrong word to use, but um, (laughs) because I've always been fascinated by the weird stigma around sexuality in America, and particularly women sexuality in America. Yeah. And and the idea that you are honest enough to say so. Well, let's 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 back up because people don't know. So um, uh, before we get to that um. I, I, I don't know. I always, I always kind of want to do like a, a, a mini, mini memoir and talk about people's sure. existence up till now. Yes. A little foreplay yes. to get to the podcast. Foreplay so, is necessary. Um, yes, it's necessary. Sometimes I'll do that and people will like, so when I was six and then, and then it's like an hour later, like, motherfucker, <laughs> we're not even 12 yet. Do you um, want to hear something crazy? Is yeah. my college essay started with how come? And it was how come you don't want to know about me when I was younger? And it was uh, like, oh, why does the college process only want to know about you like grades 9 through 12 when like so much of you is like your formative years? Yeah. You yeah. know? So that is crazy. How come's been a part of me for a really long time. Yeah. And I love talking about my childhood. <laughs> oh, good. There we go. I, I always think that um, when I went to acting school, I remember thinking, wow, everyone's so fucked up. Except for me, I have a very normal life. Where'd you go? I went to NYU for for acting, okay, and then right. and then and then you're in school for a year, and then you start doing like Heart of Darkness shit. You're like, oh wait, I'm really fucked up, and mm-hmm. I've been suppressing it. Mm-hmm. So I think as artists, we all have shit yeah. that we're fucked up about. So I'm let's talk about your to, fucked up I'm still shit. scared to go to acting school because I'm like, they're gonna unleash some shit. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I I grew up in New York City, Upper East Side Jew, private oh, school, wow. born and raised. Yeah, not the typical. <sighs> A comedian background yeah. I would say um, I grew up being obsessed with stand up I, I know a lot of people just like kind of fall into stand up so when I wanted, you say you grew up being obsessed what age were you when you first got uh, 14 it? I 14. started downloading all the Comedy Central half hours on Kazaa so it was like Pablo Francisco, Nick Swartzen, Maria yeah. Bamford, all those people. Oh, and I you're a baby. Like, How old are you again? I'm 29. 29. Okay, you're a baby. That's sweet. To me. You're a baby. Um, yeah. It's all relative, isn't it? My <laughs> grandmother, I live with my grandmother, and she was like, How old is so-and-so's grandmother? I said 77. She goes, Oh, she's a baby. She's a baby. Um, but yeah, so I grew up, you know, watching SNL because of the city, and, you know, like, my parents always watched it, and I always loved sketch and stand-up, yeah. and um, started memorizing those uh, half hours on Kazaa and I was like like every year in my diary for uh, my New Year's resolution I'd write like do stand up yeah, yeah, yeah. but I didn't think it was like a genuine thing that we could do especially since like I'd walk with like my Upper East Side like snooty friends past the comic strip and I'd be like hey oh, let's, the comics are right there I'd be like, like let's like pop in and like see some comedy and they'd be like ew yeah 
Like comedy's weird. What I might school, be like totally. What school is it that you went to? Riverdale Country School. I, that's so funny because I feel like I know a lot of the New York schools. It's I haven't a, heard of Riverdale. It's um in the Bronx. In the Bronx. So okay. it's not in Manhattan, but it's like it's a private. There's three. It's a private Jewish school. No, it's it's just private, but yeah. there are a lot of Jews. Yeah. You know, by the nature of the beast. By the New nature York of the beast, City. people yeah. in Manhattan with money. Yeah. Yeah, got it. Um, so you were in school there. Your friends were, and your friends, none of them are probably in comedy now, right? No. I mean, I have a lot of friends. My best friend from college who I lived with is like a producer, a writer. I had a lot of people in my life later who like were going into comedy and then I always saw them and I was like, oh, that's their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Giulio Gallerati, I've been friends with, you know Giulio. Of course. He just did my podcast two weeks ago. I've known Giulio since I was 14. Legit. We used to work at the same tennis club, like, and then we ended up going to the same school. He was a senior when I was a freshman. Like, I'd go to his dorm, or I'd go to his apartment when my freshman year roommate would kick me out of our dorm, which was, like, every night, because she was fucking. Um, (laughs) And then Julio moved to the city and started doing stand-up, and I was like, oh, I always want to do stand-up, but I guess that's his thing. Interesting. You know, I didn't understand that there was, like, space for the rest of us. Sure. And there weren't a ton, like I said, of, you know... Well, as women girls in general, like me stuff, yeah. yeah like that I could look to and be like oh you know that's me you know like I loved Wanda I loved Ellen but I was like th- I don't really see myself in them completely yeah and then I think when Schumer came up it was like oh look there's so like a Schumer more was the one that kind of broke the mold Schumer like, Nikki Glaser yeah, 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 yeah like just, just normal chicks who like, weren't in a rarefied air yeah, not even like normal just like more like yeah, girls you wouldn't suspect because they don't quote unquote need to. Yeah, you know they could do other. I don't know. Yeah, and maybe you could. Or see not, them e- on not the even that they don't need to. That their parents would be like. I think a lot of people in comedy's parents are like impressed by them. Yeah. Whereas I think, like, Jewish parents are like, okay, where's the money? Of course. Like, of they're course. proud, but they're also like, what's your backup plan? Yes, I mean Woody Allen has a documentary. Barbet Schroeder documentary where he was with his parents and this is like you know this is 10 years ago 15 years ago when yeah. Woody Allen was at the height of the Woody Allen-ness um, and uh, his parents were like I still think he should have been a pharmacist oh, totally. or a doctor well my podcast has gotten like pretty successful it's only been out for like a year and I've had family members be like oh maybe this will lead you to a career in being a doctor <laughs> That's fucking funny. And I'm like, but what? I just. Yes. Okay. And then tell them that Joe Rogan made 27 million last year. And maybe they'll be like, what? Yeah, they'd be like, he's not curing cancer. Yeah, that's hilarious. Okay, so let, let's get let's get that. So you were in school. Your only child? Or no, I'm one of four. Baby? Uh, Number three. So I don't even get to be a middle child. You're I not a middle, middle or the youngest baby. No one talks to me. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have two older and brothers and a younger sister. Are they all like be doing very Jewish stuff? Like no, doctor, my oldest brother lives in Australia. God knows what he does. Whoa. He's never he like married someone and yeah, just and no one's really in touch. With him? No, he's like kind of a dick. <laughs> um, really smart, but didn't do anything with it. My second brother lives in the city, kind of does real estate, and then there's me. And then my sister worked at Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, and now she works with me on the podcast. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. What yeah. was she doing with on last week tonight? Research. Okay, so yeah, is she now your so research she, person? Exactly. That's really and my great. Pro- she was like a, a research associate producer. It's pretty amazing that you're able to swoop your sister from John Oliver, who I hear is a great boss. Oh, he's the most wonderful boss, and yeah. I'm the most terrible to her. I don't know <laughs> how she. I mean, she must love me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And uh, she believes in the cause. 
Yeah, she exactly. believes in the podcast so much that she's like, I can deal with Remy's like mood swings. Yeah. Now let's get to because because there are people who probably at this point maybe don't uh, no, don't know about your podcast. People who don't know, we've got to spread the word. Yeah, this is yeah. why you're on because this is definitely. Um, and by the way, there, there there's a, a little sub subplot happening right now, uh, which is um, I might have to go to the Laugh Factory in a bit. To so do we'll a have spot. To, we'll have to pause at some point. So um, I. I don't have no, my text notifications don't come up, mm. so I, I have to look at my phone. Okay, and I, I reason, won't feel insulted. The reason my text notification because I've had too many situations where I've been with people mm-hmm. in my lifetime, like yeah, been with women or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and then someone texts me, "Who the fuck is?" And it could be the most ir- it doesn't matter. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll never get a text notification again. It's Hilarious. And anyway, I mean, on. it sounds like you're cheating. It sounds a little shady. I get that. <laughs> I get that. I understand that, but that's really not what it is. That's like, I've never met a person who's kind and has red notifications on. That's so funny. You know, like red receipts. I know. There's one type of person and it's a douchebag. Who has the red receipts? Yeah. I feel like red receipts means that you have like total integrity because you're showing people like, hey... I'm gonna. I'm no. gonna acknowledge. See, I I've only turned on my red receipts when I'm being like a petty bitch, where I'm like, I want you to see that I've read it, but I'm not responding. Wow. You know, like, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Completely different size of the coin. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, wow, I would never have the integrity to have red receipts in my phone because I want to be able to pretend like I never received a text. Mm-mm-mm-mm. See, but then you can just do the thing where you kind of look at it in the in the preview. Like in the, in the little viewer of your text, so you kind of get the gist of it, so you don't yeah. have to open it up. Yeah, that's my move. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Well, whatever. It's all shady. <laughs> it's all shady. But no, this. Is, I turned off my notification years ago because it just it just was a, a crazy thing to have to deal with, and also it's just annoying. Anyway, so yes. back to the thing. So I might have to. We might have to pause at one point. Uh, you but it's in- cool. This is a dynamic episode. Dynamic. The set hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I know. And you just had a set. So I, yeah. Because befo- we're going to do before and after. What, how was your set? Where was your set at? Uh, it was in a very strange place. Um, how did you hook it up? Because you were in New York. So um, Mar- do you know who Mark Stevens is? He's a comic out here. And I battled him and roast battle in the oh. city once. And I murdered him. You murdered yeah, him. Yeah, it was my first roast battle. It was fucking unanimous, Did you win bitch. unanimous? Yeah. Who were the judges? Um, honestly, I don't remember. And I remember... I think I know maybe Ari Shafir they they were good judges I just know there was another time where I was talking about the battle with someone and he was like yeah I was one of your judges and I was like I smoke way too much weed I'm so sorry (laughs) um but yeah so Mark saw that I was coming out here and he was like do you have any shows the night that you get here and I was like no that's crazy like yeah yeah what am I, a Superman? <laughs> um, but then, yeah, he's like, I'll get you on the show. And I know L.A. has a lot stranger venues, a little more unconventional venues. This one um, was in like a commune, essentially, like an artist's commune. commune. Like everyone's like living in this house and what? like they've got this big performance room. I mean, it's great. I think it's really cool to have spaces like that. Um but they didn't have chairs. There weren't folding chairs. They had big bean bags. Yeah. So everyone was really like relaxed, but it's not the right position for clapping and laughing. You know, like the, yeah. di- the diaphragm can't move too much when you're horizontal. <laughs> and uh, they opened with a girl who was playing beautiful. She was like playing guitar and singing and it was gorgeous, but it was like very mellow. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, oh. some of the comics were really funny. And then uh, some of them were not so funny. And then a bunch of people left right before my set. And then I went on stage and I was just like, whatever. 
And how much time <laughs> did you do? I think it was only like seven minutes. Oh my God. That's so, first of all, I would never do that, Chow. I know. I always like, I try to weigh those things because I, I, there's two camps. Like there's comics who are like so fucking huge and they'll still do anything. Yes, of course. And then there's the ones that are like, I'm only going to do stuff that I know I can like, you know, get a tape out of her, like yeah. run a good set without feeling fucking weird that it's like four people in like a hotel lobby yeah. or whatever. But some of those shows, I feel like because it's such a weird situation, I've gotten material out of them that I'm like, okay, I'm glad I went. Yeah. 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 Tonight was not that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's why I went. Yeah. No, it's, it's always good to like push yourself and all that shit. I, I, I totally get that. I guess I'm just, uh, th- there's a phrase here in LA that you may have heard of. It's called East of Fairfax. No. So I at, like, hey, you're the no. I'm an East of Fairfax comic. Okay. So West of Fairfax is improv comedy store laugh factory. Okay. East of Fairfax is meltdown, all the bars, all the like weird alt comic. Yeah, it's basically yeah, yeah. alt versus club comic. Yeah, that and whole like debate. in like a strip mall. Yeah. Like I'd never. That's the thing. Whenever I come out here, I'm always like surprised at the weirdness of the comedy. Like one time I snuck myself onto a show by accident because I had signed up for a mic and then I was sitting so impatiently through the what I learned was the show. But I thought it was a mic because everyone was so terrible. And then they were like, "Okay, well, that's it. And I was like, um, I haven't gone yet. And they were like, (laughs) I literally audibly was like, and they were like, oh, do we have anybody here? And I was like, yeah, I'm Remy. I'm from New York and I'm getting on stage right now. That's great. I was on a show, but it was really terrible. Yeah. No, I I really respect all there. There are comics who can do both rooms very, very seamlessly. Yeah. No, there were some great people tonight, but also I don't know. I'm a little, sometimes I'm a little bit of a, I get it. I'm a little bit of a clown and I'm okay with that. But uh, let's get back to you. So, um, and by the way, we're going to, I think Michael Yo is on right now. He's at eight minutes. I think I'm next. So sick. We, we're going to have to go in like a few minutes. Are you cool with that? Do you want to come? Yeah. Yeah. You want to hang out? And then afterwards you, you can be like, I always what the fuck come. was that bullshit, misogynistic, sexist shit that you made me watch? You piece of shit. Oh God. How exciting. <laughs> well, before that, I should tell you about my podcast because we haven't like. Yes, we're, we're going to get it. there. I feel like this is all like. All, I can like, give you the elevator pitch in like well, we're, a but minute, we're, but we're not there yet. Oh, okay. Because 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 okay. you, you hadn't been doing stand up yet. You're in high school. I was in high school with all the Jews judging yes. you and yeah. da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the third of four, mm-hmm. so it doesn't look like you're having a career of comedy. And mm-hmm. then when did you go to college? I did. I went to BU. BU. Okay, yeah. well, Boston's a very much of a comedy town. Is that mm-hmm. where you got started in comedy? or? Um, I took an acting and comedy class because my grades were not so hot, and I was like, I was always good at acting in high school, so I could use this as like a resume Absolutely. builder. Um, and then I really liked it, and then one day after my acting and comedy class, I got shit-faced with a few of the girls from the class, and one of them was like, I'm on this improv team. Like, would you guys want to come to my practice? Ah. And we were like, okay, I'll do that. Like, I'm so drunk. (laughs) And we went and I had like the best time at this improv practice. And then I took like a few more acting classes in college, but like not seriously or anything. Just like kind of like I did like a Shakespeare class. and Like, um, I don't know, something else. Uh, Maybe like movement. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, those movement classes. Yeah. Um, it was like, be a tiger. Oh. Uh, now be yourself as a child. Oh, my God. I loved it, though. I went to graduate school, so trust me, there's a full year of that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so then I graduated, and I 
I started working um, like in a bunch of little internship jobs, whatever, a lot of fashion, a lot of PR. And then I started a belt loop company. A belt loop company. Yeah. So I invented this little thing. It's called the Tuck. The website is still up, but I'm like not selling stuff. It says it's all <gasps> sold out. That's genius. But it's an expandable leather belt loop like to like fix when your belt is floppy or whatever. And it's <laughs> it's so cute. And they were and whatever. And it still sells? No. Oh. I shut it down because I'm too busy. But... Um, it was on I raised all the money for it on Kickstarter Got and it. like you have to make a video for Kickstarter so that people share it around and so I uh, just like knew a bunch of people in my life who were funny and they were either working in comedy at the time or had like aspirations to um, we got together wrote a commercial and then I started taking improv classes at the pit so that I'd be like because I was like I'm not going to pay a spokesperson like I know I could probably do this I just need to get comfortable and then I just got like lost in the improv world and I was like so obsessed with like getting weird once a week for three hours with people Um, I was on an indie team for a little bit and then I did this thing one night called a jam which is when you put your name in a bucket and you perform with like eight strangers on stage for a while and uh my friend TJ Del Reno was like in the audience. Yeah, TJ, yeah. Yeah. And we hadn't met yet, but he was like, you should do stand up. And I was like, wow. I've always thought that. And I was like, can you like help me out? Cause he does both. And he yeah. was like, yeah, like, do you have any thoughts? Uh, and I was like, yeah, I've been writing. Like one of the jokes I tell now I wrote when I was 16, I've been writing shit down forever. And so he was like, let me just like, yeah, help yeah. you flesh that out. And then he mentored me for like three months. Wow, and, that's okay, yeah. we're going to get back to that story. I'm going to go to the Laugh Factory, do a set, and Remy is going to watch, and maybe she'll be meaner to me after this set. We'll Woo-hoo! see. What? And we are back. We're back. I just did my show at the Laugh Factory. My set at the Laugh Factory. I was a replacement because Eric Griffin, who is a beast, uh, and probably had people there to see him, did not show, so I was a, I he was a sub. He had food poisoning. He had food poisoning. Yeah. Um, so... Now, I, I do, you know, it's not like I'm monolithically one thing in my stand-up, but there's a bit that I've been working on recently, which is very, the origin of the bit is about how I've been pushed to the center mm. politically. Okay. Or whatever, my perception of being more centrist than yeah. normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I think a lot of it came about because... Uh, I think it's true with a lot of people. Like, my dad is Republican. My brother's Republican. Mm-hmm. And my dad is probably the best human being I know mm-hmm. in my life. He's he's one of the best, most caring, sympathetic. But he's also, like, a Fox News, news aficionado sure. and fanatic. So, so many liberal friends of mine who I respect. And, like, they're just like, if you vote for Trump, you like Trump, fuck you. Piss off. I don't want anything to do with you. And I started rethinking. And that was my perception, too. If you're a Republican, you're dumb. Or you're um, evil, like there are no options. Uh, Republican, no. Trump supporter, yeah. But they're the same thing for the most part. They Do you really think? are. Yeah, because you know what? I don't think my don't dad know. thinks that Trump is like a like a bastion of moral, you know, like in superiority. But I also know that he'll vote for him again. Mm, see, my dad voted for him, and by like two months in, he was like, "Oh, this was a mistake." Yeah, because he was of the camp, which I think a lot of people were that they were like, oh, especially like older white dudes being like, "Well, this guy's similar to me. He's like, you know, yeah. he must be just kind of like pandering to like the idiots. Like mm-hmm. he couldn't be actually this hateful and stupid, and you know, like he yeah. mu- there must be like." some kind of jig you know and then it turns out no he's doing all the shit he said he was gonna do yeah exactly and my dad hopped off board and i was oh, really? like oh yeah like we we really couldn't talk 
like non-antagonistically during the election. Like I would just keep sending him articles and he'd be like, I don't believe it. And I'd be like, I'd be like, you can't, how many times, I think it's like Maya Angelou quote or something. It's like when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Believe them, yeah. Like, I was just like, how can you be this dense? And I feel the same way about my dad, I think, as you do, is that he is the best person in the world. And when I see a little chink in his armor, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, are you... Ooh, like I, I just yes. remember in, in college the first time my roommate was like, my dad's the best at Jeopardy. And I was like, my dad's the best at Jeopardy. And we both had this like Freudian moment of like, oh, wait, our dad isn't like the center of the universe. Like he's yeah. not it. Yeah. He's a guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. So uh, so back to uh, the, 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 the set tonight. Yes. So um, I feel I agree with you. I think that Trump is obviously adult and and worse. And I feel that, okay, this this is how I feel. This is a weird analogy. Maybe you'll be with me. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to you. In my life when threesomes have appeared in my uh-huh. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as a guy, all I have to do is just not be a fucking idiot and it'll happen. I just have to be normal and not be weird and it'll happen. But probably in my life, I've tried too hard. I've tried to like make the, as opposed to just trusting that, that they the threesome will happen. Will happen. I was like, I would, yeah. I would push for it, and I kind of feel like that's what's happening with, <laughs> with Democrats, is because Trump is an idiot. Instead of letting Trump reveal himself, mm. they're pushing too hard. They're pushing the threesome. They're pushing the threesome. Yeah, they're pushing. Yeah, and as a result of them pushing the threesome, it's really turning a lot of people off, like me. Or uh, you have another bit about pushing a head down during a blowjob. Oh, okay, they're so this, pushing this the head down. Like I head will down. give a much more willing blowjob if you don't touch my fucking head. Like exactly. I will gobble that dick if you don't disrespect <laughs> me. Okay, so you that, know? yes, that's interesting. I but actually, if you push my head, I'm like, get the fuck off of me and stand six feet away. <laughs> so this is a joke I did, to, and I may have mentioned this on podcast before. It's like a new bit, and it's. It is definitely a joke, and I hate the fact that I have to do a disclaimer where I go, like, hey, Anthony, this joke. is a joke. But uh, today you kind of have to. Anyway, the joke is I say, make America great again. I don't know what that means for Trump, but for me, America is great. When you could push a woman's head a little bit, and then people, <gasps> particularly in West Hollywood, I go, no, not a, not a lot, guys, not like, mm. but just like gentle nudge. Remember, you could nudge back in the day, and I just keep tagging it because eventually, if you tag it enough, you they surrender. force them. <laughs> it's kind of like push rape. their head on it's the joke. joke rape. It's yeah. joke rape. <laughs> so I just keep tagging. Not like this. Not like you know. Not like eighties porn stars suck that dick. Sure. Like nineties yoga teacher. Enjoy my essence. You know, Satnam. And then I kind of keep going. Like if you touch a woman's head, you know. So I, I I've been tagging it because I get that it's very stark mm. and it comes up very aggressive and at the front of the stage. And I also cannot stop myself from saying that joke right now. It's something that's very important to you. You really want to push ahead. But here's my th- my thing <laughs> but I to don't, you. But I don't. I would never push ahead. You would never thing. push ahead? No. Unless a girl wanted me to. Unless she said, push my head. That's the thing. That's when I think it's like hot, as if somebody's like, push my head. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like literally, I don't know. Like, I just feel like me personally, I always thought sex, the way that we were taught about it, was like for the guy. That guys were the only sexual ones. And like kind of girls were there to like... You know, facilitate like their facilitate orgasm. their orgasm and like, yeah, like make yourself more um, worthy by having sex or whatever. Yeah. And I just I don't know. I always felt like really pressured, even the suggestion of a push. Like, oh, my God. I don't know. I just always I needed to go at my own pace. So let me ask you this. So as a as a as a strong feminist woman. Sure. If you were like, let me let me work. Let me fix that joke. Mm 
so it's more palatable to you, what mm-hmm. would you say? And by the way, we're going to go it. back to the whole, the yeah. whole thing. Okay, we, we, we'll, we'll table I it for now. I have to think on that so one. So let's get, I, I want to get back to you and your first foray into stand-up. So okay. TJ Del Reno said, do stand-up. Yep. And that was the first. And I, he, yeah, he kind of gave me like that, like permission of like, mm-hmm. I think that this would be something that you could do. And we looked at some of the jokes that I had written. He's like, oh yeah, this could be a little set. And he kind of like helped me word some of them differently. Yeah. And like, he wasn't teaching me joke structure, but he was teaching me like more process. And then he told me where to do mics and he'd kind of come with me sometimes. Oh wow. And so what, your first mic, how'd that go? It was great. Um, because I had rehearsed like a motherfucker. Like I was filming myself. I, first I wrote my set out like, um, like with a pen then I set it into a voice recorder then I listened to it in a voice recorder memorized it and then would do it on a um like you know that how apples you have that like photo booth where you can film yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. so I filmed it in photo booth and I would like watch my mannerisms and stuff and then do it over so and over and over again in an empty room uh-huh and I'd like pause for laughter and stuff and oh, like wow. yeah it's I I would love to find some of those they're probably so embarrassing but I yeah the first one I did like I'd written like a pretty salt, like tight. Do you remember five. some of the jokes? Yeah, I'm sure I still tell some of. No, um, I don't know. I th- I think some of the some first of, jokes I did are still get some of the biggest laughs. Yeah, which is always bizarre to me. Yeah, like I I I mean, I don't know if I did this at the first show, but one of. I have this moaning Myrtle voice from Harry Potter that I've been doing since I was like 16. And it's, it's just kind of like Harry, like, oh, I saw your penis and you were under the water. And it was, so oh. was that Helena Bonham Carter? Is that who No, that? she's Bellatrix Lestrange. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Itty bitty baby Potter. <laughs> Different. Um, but yeah, so moaning Myrtle I did like on my sister's wall on Facebook when I was like 16. And now I basically say the same thing in a joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And so your first set and your first set went well. And then you're like, this is it. Was it one of those moments of like, <gasps> oh, yeah, I was like, oh, I have parted. to do you're this like- more because I always intended to do it. And then the second I started, I was like, fuck, you're late. Like you need to catch up to where you should have been if you started when you were supposed to. So how old were you when you started? Uh, 25, 25. 24, 25. I think that's kind of a normal time, I think, most people. You think? I don't know. Whenever someone starts at 18, I'm like, whoa, that's early. My boyfriend started at 16. Who's your boyfriend again? Ben DeMarco. Ben DeMarco. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Ben DeMarco. So yeah. he's been, and how old is he now? He's like probably 10 32. years. 32. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So 16 years. Wow, 16. Like Pete Davidson started 16. Mm-hmm. Matt Reif. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm always very envious of people. I was kind of like you. I started later. But um, so when you were um, doing, you were going along, when did you first get paid? Was it What was the progression for you? Did you do bringer shows, which is shows where you have to br- invite people and they have to pay money? Or I think I mics? did one or two bringers. Yeah. One at Comic Strip because I wanted my mom to be able to like see me and, and see that I was like, doing And were you dirty material? Yes. Like, yes. Yes. That's the thing is like in the beginning like I was just trying to do as much shock of course. as possible because like that's I don't know. That's like what you do. And it's like kind of like rebellious to your family. Like here I am. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Like the that's um, set at Comic Strip. Like I got down and I crouched in front of my mom and I was like, hey mom. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like went in on her. I was like, we're about to do a bunch of mom stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would never do that. I mean, maybe now. Yeah. I don't know. 
now I'm, I don't really, I, I guess I still talk about her, but it's like, I wouldn't single her out. So I wouldn't you make a her whole, and you crouched down. I crouched down at oh the edge God. of the stage and, and I say? was like, I don't remember. I have the video. Did she enjoy it or was she like, what the fuck were you doing, Remy? I think she enjoyed that I was doing something that I wanted to do, but yeah. I don't think she liked the material very much. <laughs> I always say she's like my biggest fan who wants to hear nothing out of my mouth. That makes a lot of sense. I yeah. understand that. Yeah. And she very like, is she very much an Upper East Side Jewish lady? She's not. She's like very like suburban actually. Mm. And like both of my parents are from like like working class houses yeah. and stuff and uh she's very like do it herself and like be outdoorsy and stuff not a big sense of the humor um at all like i'm always like take a fucking joke <laughs> and she's like don't say f and i'm like oh my god uh, um she's yes, actually she's like very new englandy yes i understand yeah yes okay um and then my dad thinks he's very funny yes himself does he give you notes on jokes you should do a joke about this oh of course everybody and doesn't everyone in your life people always every give me, conversation are you gonna put this in your little sketch oh my god no here's the, my favorite thing is people who go um you should do a joke about and they'll name a premise like you should do a joke about uh let's yep. say something stupid there was about liter- the line at cvs yeah okay what joke just you know the line at cvs it's crazy yeah okay what where wh- now what there well, was you know. a guy, a friend of my dad, who was like, you should do a joke about Upper East Side women who work out a lot. And I was like, okay. Okay. That, okay. Like, and no. Then, because then I, honestly, like, where does your material come from? Like, real life. Yeah, exactly. So then I'd have to go hang out with those women. I don't want to put myself through that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to work out. <laughs> Fuck you. You have to research for your joke. Exactly. Yeah. Have to buy leggings. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you're doing this stuff. It's all going well. You must have one, at least one great bomb story. A great bomb story. Um, some people, you know, I've talked to some, like John Henson, he never bombed. Oh, no, no. I've definitely bombed. I'm just trying to think of a really Was there a bomb story where you were like, I might I was have like, to either end comedy or, end, or fuck my life? Yeah. yeah. Um, pretty recently it's it wasn't i need to end comedy or fuck my life but it was one of those like shows that i was like why am i doing this (laughs) like what the fuck is this and who are those people yeah and it was one of those like music or not museum hotel lobby shows where it's like a bar and in new york and like at a fucking holiday inn or something like that and there's only like six people and three of them are at the bar and they didn't know that a show was happening and like I was trying to get a tape and so I was like on the circuit like everything I was Mm -hmm. doing I was filming and I filmed it and then I watched it after and I was like why did I film that like what (laughs) what did I expect out of that like pull a rabbit out of a I don't know I don't know that fucking sucked yeah yeah I feel like it it needs to happen for anyone to be a professional comic Usually it needs like you have moments where you're like, like not like a come to Jesus moment. Where like, it brings okay, you down to earth yeah. and it, I, well, I mean, I appreciate a good bomb. Sometimes I'm like, I'm due for a good bomb. Yeah. You know, like I need to be like taken down a peg because yes. like the shit I'm saying is not that funny. Like, <laughs> have you ever had those shows where like the audience is so fucking lit that you're like, yes, you're yes, dumb. Yes. They're laughing at things before punchlines. Like, I mean, look tonight. You know, I mean, so, tonight, yeah, some of the, stuff, some of the stuff tonight, I was like, I said, um, vegan food is like, which I like the joke, but it's whatever. I go, it's a transgender of food. 
was like, I'm a soybean. I identify as a buffalo wing, which is fine. But like got an applause break tonight. And I literally go, yeah. I'm like, shut up. Stop. It's a yeah, dumb joke. You were like, I did not expect that. Because it's not really a point of view attached. I'm not revealing anything about my life. I'm like, don't give an applause break. Mm. It's stupid. Um, like an applause break should come out of something that is a celebration. I don't know. I just get really annoyed. Maybe... Daniel Tosh always steps on his applause breaks, and I would always admire that. I'm like, yeah, yeah fuck that. I actually, I do that too. I mean, not that I have like so, but when I do, I get uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, what am I supposed to do up here? <laughs> Fucking dance while you're clapping? Like, yeah, yeah. Simmer yeah. down. Let's get to the next yeah, one. Let's get to the next joke, exactly. Also, oh, isn't it like, do you do impressions or like voices or anything? I used to. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I mean, like, I'll do Myrtle. I do, I like, my parents, like, and it doesn't sound like my parents. I'll yeah. make them, like, a stereotypical Jewish, yeah, yeah, fa- yeah. and they don't. Sa- my mom's, like, a New England, like, hi, I'm yeah. Robin Casimir. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I've done Trump a bunch. Let me hear your Trump. I don't want to do it because I've got I'll such try, bad I'll try my mouth. impersonations. Ready? Okay. Okay. I, someone told me I should do this recently, and I don't. But here's one of my first jokes. And it would murder tonight. Mm. I will never do this joke. But I go, do you want some water? Yeah. You good? Do you mind sharing no, Libya's with mind. me? Um, I was like, have you ever had an outbreak? Huh? I said, have you ever had an Just outbreak? Just down there. It's fine. No, I'm kidding. I'm fine. No. Uh, I said, uh, the joke was like, I was on a date with a girl. It's some sad, so many jokes like, I was on a date. Pathetic. Anyway, and I go, hey, do you know who you look just like? Uh-huh. My hair was long. I was like, oh, maybe she's going to say Owen Wilson. I kind of sound like Owen Wilson a little bit. Yeah. Or maybe, oh, no, you look like, I look like Owen Wilson. I haven't done this joke in eight years. Yeah. And so I do like a little Owen Wilson. Like, yeah, you know, wedding crashers. Like, I feel like, and I do like a little bit. Of, I haven't done so long. Oh, wow. I'll go, maybe she'll say, okay, uh, yeah, oh, wow. Thanks. Yeah, wow. Yeah, thanks. You guys, you'll just feel it, you know. <laughs> and then, um, and I was like, I'm, I was like, maybe she'll say Matthew McConaughey. And the audience gets quiet. I go, fuck you. I've heard it. Yeah. And then I say, Hey man, thing I like about high school girls, I keep getting older and older. They say you the same fell age. into a little McConaughey so I have, tonight. I have a natural kind of Mah- twang. So people like twang. Yeah. So people kind of, and she goes, "Oh no, you look just like Ellen DeGeneres." So that was hilarious. Joke, um, which I don't do anymore because Jeff Singer, Jeff just for laughs. I think when I auditioned, for, he was like, "That's so hacky, saying you who you look like." Say that you look like you someone. look like oh. jokes are such a big part of comedy. I know, but he was like, I would never accept someone who did a you look like joke. I'm so like, wait, right. this is one of my like, I, they'll never. But I'm petty anyway, so I don't care if they hear it. But my biggest gripe in comedy so far has been I was cut from this podcast where like they talk about comedy and stuff, and it you have to bring in like a topic, and mine was. I look like jokes and I had brought in all this like research and like you know like found like different comics who had done it and like uh-huh. even referenced some of mine who I look mm-hmm. like and I got there and it, it basically long and the short of it they cut my recording and why the, the, they didn't stay on fucking topic and they and they kept me there for such a long time that by the end of it yeah I was fucking high but they like they <laughs> cited that and they were like you couldn't even speak and I was like whoa that's not a thing like I do all of my best work high not and like that's you as hilarious. the host are supposed to stay on track and also yeah. like I did bring in like a shit ton of research and I was like also if you don't have a problem like it seemed like he had a problem with me Mm. And then I noticed they don't have many women on their podcast in general. Interesting. Can yeah. I, you know, I want to address that. And I did talk about it in the last podcast. I mm. have, I would say more than 50% of my guests are women. 
And some male comic goes like, "Why do you have women on your podcast?" I'll tell you why. Hilarious. Because I will ask women, and they'll say yes. Number one. <laughs> yeah. Because guys and they're funny. Guys are like, "Hey, when do my, most guys? Hey, when do a podcast? They feel like I'm trying to like use them, or I don't know, like a lot of like and even comics I know. Don't you think? I mean, I at least personally think if I ask somebody to do my podcast, that's like a nice gesture because I take I my podcast pretty seriously and yeah. I think you would too. But your podcast is also famous. So we're going to get to that. So so how did the podcast come out? You've been doing comedy at this point and you're, and you're, and you're yeah, you know, so, I'd heard of you before the podcast started. Yeah. yeah. So I, I started comedy and um, started running a bar show called Our Famous Friends and like the little. Uh-huh. The whole, and where was that? It was at Rochelle's uh, down on the Lower East Side. Lower East Side, Manhattan, yeah. Um, and the whole shtick was I would book comics way funnier and way more famous than me. And I'd be like, I don't even have to tell jokes, you guys. <laughs> you're just going to laugh so hard at these people. And then yeah. you're going to be like, Remy was amazing. So who who are your biggest gets in terms of comics you got? We got Judah Friedlander. Uh, and it was you. like such World a big champion. deal to me. Yeah, it was like my first second year of comedy I guess and yeah I was really amped on a lot of the guests Jessica Curson like yeah. she's one of my favorites yeah um, yeah a lot of good ones but anyway so through famous friends I started booking all these people and I was seeing a lot more comics especially female comics like like I was saying before who were like me mm-hmm. you know and they were talking about subject matter that like I hadn't really heard on like comics that are like popular and like have half hours or whatever like and a lot of these women were talking about like having orgasms and like multiple orgasms and I was like what the fuck and like Esther Steinberg I always like reference her but she was literally she did our famous friends once and she was talking about some multiple orgasm story and I went up to her after and I was like are you really having orgasms and she was like what are you talking about and so you're 27 at this point yeah I was like 27 or 26 Mm -hmm. and I had already kind of like I'd been on a a journey of like oh m- first I thought women didn't do it at all so did you because you, in like sex ed you're not you're just taught intercourse so, like but, a guy so in your comes, 20s though, obviously female did you think that women were lying about it or did you think they just had a different well, idea of what it a, meant not a lot of women were talking openly with so my my reference was from pop culture so I was seeing like the Samantha Joneses from Sex and the City who like they get penetrated for two seconds and they're like oh Or the other like sitcoms where it's like my wife doesn't want to have sex, my wife doesn't come, women aren't sexual or whatever. So I was like, okay, you're either in two camps. Yeah. And then when I started having sex, I mean, like, I was a really were you a late bloomer? I was a big makeout slut, like, and I had (laughs) and I was an early bloomer as far as like tits and shit. And so like I'd let guys feel I'd let two guys feel me up on the bus at once in seventh grade. Whoa! At once. Yeah, I was like. It was one of uh, one of their birthdays, and the other one was like, "Well, I'm here too." And I was like, "Yeah, well, you're both the hottest guys in the class, so like, why would I not bestow yeah. my tits on you?" Yeah. And then I went home and I told my mom about it, and at first she was really cool about it, and she was like, "Okay, yeah, go." And then one time, I guess, like I was being like lazy or rude or something, and she brought it up, and she uh-huh. was like, "Well, you did this on the bus," and that was kind of like a bit shamey to me. Yeah. And like, n- I mean. I feel like people do that. They bring stuff up, but like specifically sex, I don't know. It just made me think of it in like a different way. And then I kind of like closed up and I didn't really want to have anything to do with a penis or be 
I mean, I got, I guess I got fingered in like ninth grade, but like yeah. only once and like it was in a cab. Yeah. And, um, so after your mom said this, it, 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 it kind of shut you down a little bit, huh? Yeah. A little okay, bit. That makes sense. Yeah. And like, and I love my mom, but she is very like reserved and stuff. And I am like a kind of loud person. And even my laugh is like really loud. Yeah. And she would kind of like laugh shame. Like she'd be like, why do you have to be so loud? And then I, I kind of got inside my head. My, oh my God, this is so funny. I used to read, you do you remember how Ellen DeGeneres had a book? Yes. So I used to read that with my friend Gunner in the hallways of school in eighth grade because we both thought she was like brilliant. Yeah. And we were talking about like if we were comics, like what's a joke that we would tell? And uh. one of the things I was saying was, what if you were with somebody but their orgasm was, ah, like what would you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. But then I like kind of internalized it yeah. too. And I was like, oh my God, what if I'm a, fu-? like, because that, does seem like something like I would be like like fucking Satan's <laughs> yeah, coming yeah, yeah, out yeah. of me um, yeah and I was just kind of like I didn't I wasn't thinking about or- and I, I didn't know that an orgasm was the point of sex for a woman yeah. I literally thought like you have sex so that you can like impress a dude yeah and did you did you were there moments where you were like because I feel in my lifetime mm-hmm. and we talked about this a little bit like when I was a mm-hmm. yoga teacher there were there women who were like I'm like, have you had an orgasm? Like, do you have orgasm? They're like, I, I think I've had an orgasm. Like, if you say, I think I've had an orgasm. You haven't. You haven't. Yeah. So, um, I mean, right. or you could be having very small ones. Like, I yeah. had Dan Savage on my podcast, and he was saying that a lot of guys, like, will masturbate without coming for, like, a really long time. And, like, a lot of my guests have said that, too. Like, they'll, they would they would orgasm but not ejaculate. When they're, like, when 13. When they're really young. Yeah, yeah. when they're young. Yeah, yeah, comes yeah. Out. But women aren't really taught like and it's tougher and like I didn't think that the clit was a thing but you have to practice and like create these neural pathways in your brain so that your brain gets accustomed to the bodily functions and then your body will like adapt yes so um basically girls need to practice masturbating more but my whole thing was I thought it was all whole because that's what you're taught in sex ed is intercourse yes but most women, only eight per eight percent to twenty five percent of women can come from uh, internal yes. alone. Yes. Otherwise, you need like external clitoral stimulation. And I just didn't believe it, and also I like, I didn't know. I don't know. And did you have boyfriends at this point? Were they? No, were... I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. Yeah, and then it was like two years into dating him that I was like, uh, I think I'm not having orgasms. Like, did he think that you were? Well, he never asked. Yeah. Which I think is problematic. <laughs> um, yeah. And he wasn't too keen on going down on me. And I was like weird about that too because I was always told that like guys hate vaginas and they smell yeah. and they're yeah, ugly and that. stuff. And yeah. like, I don't know. I just thought I was always really uncomfortable and in my head. And even still, like, I'll be like, oh my God, does he even want to be down there? Is he having a good time? Like, should I just wow. like tap his head and like and you let think him that's come be- up? Do you think that's because that. Uh, there's some indoctrination system where vaginas have been labeled as stinky or smelly or 100%. not eatable. Yeah. Um, Do you want to hear the coolest fact yeah. too? Mm-hmm. Do you know why it's called a pussy? No, I don't. Because like a cat, it cleans itself. Wait, is that true? Yes. No way. Yeah. There's going to be a Google thon after this. That's why they call it pussy. I mean, that's, how old is that? How old is that reference? I have no idea. I read it in a book. Um, I love that though. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, vaginas are much tighter than the book. men. 
men's and their gross little dicks. I mean, everybody is gross, and and you just have to like find the person that has like similar pheromones that like match up with you. Like you know when yeah. you wake up with somebody and like you both have such bad morning breath, but like you, the second you start making out, like it's kind of gone. That's not me, but I understand that. Do you know what I mean? I always feel very self-conscious about my breath, but yes, I get what you're saying. Yes, I think pheromones are like eighty percent of everything. Yeah. yeah, like do you chemically match with someone? Also, like all like people's bodies but mainly women's bodies are like a snowflake like they're all just so different and so yeah i don't know i've just learned that like you have to just ask exactly for what you want this is great so so i want to get back to the the birth of the of this podcast yeah so so how did your podcast first come about when did you pull the trigger on it because you Um, had you've been percolating the idea for a while yeah um I guess after talking to those comics and then one day I was talking to my little sister about it and she's three and a half years younger than me and I was like, I'm not having orgasms. Like, is that strange? That feels strange. And she was like, well, yeah, I can't do it with other people. And I was like, but you can do it alone. And she was like, yeah. And you hadn't masturbated at this point. I had, but like, I just wasn't doing it properly. Yeah. Like I had toys and stuff and and it was also hard because after going so long and thinking that it's not for you, like, yeah there's a lot of like mental stuff like you have sure. to be very relaxed to come of course, of course you know and i like didn't know what i want or what like i wasn't watching porn i was like scared of ad blockers or, <laughs> or you know like spam and shit yeah 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 um which like a lot you would be surprised how many women have written into my podcast being like wait where's that ad blocker tutorial an ad blocker tutorial. Because like everyone's just scared of pop-ups for their computers. They're like, I don't want to watch porn because oh, of the pop-ups. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I probably have so many viruses on my computer. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so I asked her and she said that she was having them. And I was like, that's crazy because I've done everything before you. Yes. And she was only having them because she knew that I owned the rabbit and then she bought the rabbit. But she was using it more properly than me. And we just weren't now, talking about now, it. Now you say using the Robert. I mean, you... I you so the rabbit, the rabbit is the one with, it's like is the, the dildo with with the vibrator a thing. little rabbit that vibrates. Yes. I was using it improperly because I thought you had to insert the dick every time and then like put the rabbit on top. No, yeah. you can just turn the thing around and use the vibrator. Yes. That's what my sister was doing. Oh, yeah. interesting. And yeah. I was just getting like fucking weirded out by this massive dildo. Of course, with yeah. pearls in it. It's so daunting. And now none of the sex toys I have look like dicks. Like they don't need to look like dicks. It's no. So weird. That's for, it's weird. I like always thought mine, weird. mine look like the sleekest, like cutest little spaceships. <laughs> like they're art. Like I can yeah. put them out on display and be like, check out yeah, yeah, my yeah. collection. So, um, so when you did the podcast, and the podcast, if you haven't heard of it yet, it's called mm-hmm. uh, How Come. Yep. Which is a great title. Thank you. And it, it is obviously about your journey to get your orgasm. So yeah. when it started, um. Like, who was your first guy? Like, how, how did it start? Like, when you, because that must be, that must be a pretty intimidating thing to go, I'm going to tell the world. Yeah, it was terrifying. I yeah. I thought of it in like August, I think, of 2017. And I recorded two episodes, one with Wendy Starling and one with uh, my friend and her boyfriend at the time. And they were both social media personalities. Yeah. 
And that second recording went so poorly. Like they were so judgmental of me. They were so boisterous of themselves as a couple. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I'm coming all the time. We love each other. Your relationship's fucked. You're so strange. And like, he was like, it's queer, like defective. Like all the stuff that I thought that like my body was like, they like affirmed. And I had a fucking meltdown, like in a grocery store with my boyfriend. I was like, I can't launch this podcast. Like it's not happening. Yeah. And then in December, I finally was like, you know what? I'm ready to do this. This needs to be out there. Like if I'm having this problem, like there's so many people probably too. Yeah. And I'd really like to fucking come. I was just like so pent up. So you, you did the second recording. You hadn't released it, but you, you're, you're recording. Yeah. And after the second one, you took a little break because you had like a yep. heart of darkness. Yeah. You took a break for how long? Until December. Until December, which was... Oh, August, August, September. Oh, yeah, wow. So like five months, I guess. So five months. And then you were like, I got to do it. Did you ever release that episode where they were shitty to you? No, I deleted it. You should bring those motherfuckers back. One of them, she has been on the podcast without him because they broke up right after that. That Hilarious. was the other thing is like they weren't even that great. Hilarious. It was like all show and like, yeah. <laughs> we're the best couple. We fuck all the time. And exactly. Now she's, yeah. And that's the other thing is like they were both like social media personalities. And I've <laughs> learned so much that those people are like the fakest humans on the pl- like. Uh, yes. So. Well, that's how you get all your validation all yeah. the time. It's very. And my bad. boyfriend said it at the time. He was like dude like don't even listen to that like that like we're great and like you're not broken like it's kind of like we don't we just don't have the conversation sure surrounding and and when so your boyfriend knew you're going to launch this podcast yeah did he feel a little self-conscious about that idea not at all that's a very good boyfriend so great i love ben demarco i know so he was like i'm cool with it because obviously a lot of guys were like what the fuck i'd fuck her right i'd fuck the shit out of her you know guys are stupid and they don't get it and and, I know. mean, like, it's not like he hadn't been trying or willing yeah. and like he not or invested in the problem. Like he yeah. was like this fucking suck. Like it. It, it would be upsetting for me, like after like a big bang sesh that like it wouldn't happen. And I'd be like, fuck, you know, like yeah. and I always make this analogy, but it, try blaming your lack of orgasm on a dude for a woman is basically being if you haven't had one yourself yet. Yeah is being like, here, figure out this Rubik's Cube. Yeah. No one's ever done it. Yeah. Also, you're naked. Go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's a crazy thing to do to someone. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, like all women are like shaped differently, like different course, things. Like course. one of my guests, if you touch his nipples, he'll come immediately. Wow. Like people are just wired so differently. So you just have to like ask that specific person what they want and they have to know what they want yeah. to be able to tell you. Yeah, for And sure. I didn't know. Yeah. Now I know. <laughs> now you know. Okay, so let's get to that. So you started the podcast and you start bringing it. Now you'd been doing the pod. So so the initial format of the yeah. podcast was because my sister, we deduced that I was a lazy masturbator. That's, um, I've never heard that phrase before. Yeah, because she would be like, come on, just like do this for 30 minutes or whatever. And I'd be like, I just like got bored or like I like gave up or like ah, it's not even that fun or like I dried up or, you know, like whatever. And she'd be like, you have to push through. I'm like, I'm not pushing through. Like... It's like with sports, like I'm playing as much as, but then I'm not pushing through. It's not going to, you know, so she's like, you need to be held accountable. And I was like, totally. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. Yeah. And then the format was I would have a rotating guest Mm co-host and that person we would um, talk about intimate things with the yeah. main guest i'd ask them their first time coming story they'd give me an assignment that i had to do for the next and the main week. guest would be the uh, a female or, 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 or a guy yeah. Okay. yeah yeah um 
And basically, yeah, give me an assignment for the next week. And then I would talk about how the assignment went with the guest co-host. Interesting, yeah. And by episode six, I came. So now. Wow, that's actually pretty soon into the process. It was really And what soon. was the thing that you discovered? And I think I watched this show very stoned where mm. you talked about this. And you're very good on camera, Remy. Um, it oh, was on Netflix. on Netflix. What was the show called? Yeah, Explained. Explained, that's right. Yeah. Um, so episode six, which is pretty, I mean, you kind of jumped the shark on your podcast I already know. there. But then again, everyone needs to learn this. So I know. What, was the th- what was the the transition and how did you discover the thing that led you to the promised land? So it's interesting. It didn't even come from an assignment on the podcast. It came from me like doing the podcast circuit, like all of my, oh. you know, comic friends who found out that I wasn't coming and that I, you know, launched this podcast were like, will you come on our podcast or whatever? And one of them was The Good, The Dead, and The Ugly with uh-huh. Casey James Salango, Will Winner, and Patrick Schroeder. Uh-huh. And they only interview women. And I was the lucky woman one week and we were talking about my lack of orgasms and they were like, have you used a womanizer? Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, no, what is that? That sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, it's not horrible. It's pretty great. Um, and other toys like it um, are great too. And yeah. they basically are like little... I don't want to say suction, but it feels like suction. It's like wind technology, and it basically simulates. Wait, did you say oral... wind technology? Yeah, it simulates like like it feels like someone's sucking on your clit and yes. giving you like the best oral ever. Yeah. So you put it on like loop it like yep. sucks on your clit, yeah. and then you like it just hit a button. And you yeah, leave it there? and there's buttons, and it can go up and down. It has like different. I mean, it depends on which toy. Wow. There's a bunch like Satisfier makes it now. Um, we have a deal with Sweet Vibrations. If you want to go over to our is page it a new a toy promo. in the realm of sex toys for women that's come yeah. out? Yeah, and I think the reason is a lot of women are starting sex toy companies. It used yes, to be men. Just men. Yeah. And men are like, you need a big dildo. You need a massive dildo that has veins. Like, no, what? No. <laughs> That's based on this porn star's dick. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, this bald porn star with a mustache. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so... So you used the womanizer. I used the womanizer. After that podcast, you went home yep. and bought a womanizer. Yep. And then you sat there. Were you with your boyfriend or you were alone? I was alone. You were alone. You're yeah. like, okay. And then, so when it happened, was it like, Eureka? Yeah, it was wild. It was fucking insane. And I cried. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. That's really amazing. And did it just keep going? Was it like... It was multiple orgasms. That there night. was squirting. It, like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. From that, there was squirting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's very amazing. So a lot um, of women have written and and told us that they've had their first orgasms or first squirts because of these machines now. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, and it's so crazy because I feel like I'm a person who's in the world and I've never heard of that instrument. I mean, I'm never going to the store looking for it, but I've never heard of the instrument until you told me about Honestly, it. Honestly, um, I mean a lot of them have like removable caps and they're like really easy to clean and I'm like if you're like a guy and you like women like you should keep one in the house and like if she's down to like sanitize it like that's really cool idea yeah and like a lot of guys too are like oh like if you use this toy like are you replacing dudes like first of all no like this one like it unlocked the floodgates so like one day literally yeah but like it made it able me able to have orgasms in other ways which i don't know if i would get there without it yes and so like there was one day that like all my suction toys were um (laughs) the batteries were dead they were dead (laughs) um or they were gone or they were at my boyfriend's house or whatever it was like i didn't have access and i couldn't find chargers or whatever but i had this little bullet 
uh, from Unbound that was great. And I just kind of like, I was like, I know where my spots are now. Yeah. And I used that and I got off with that and I was like, ooh, cool, first oh, vibration. Wow. Yeah. And then I think one day I ha- I was like, <laughs> I must have been like on <laughs> at my boyfriend's like parent's house or something, like with nothing. And I, I did it with my hand. You did it with your hand? Yeah. Now, uh, so when you're with, and I don't want to get too personal, but hey, this yeah. is a very personal. So when you're with your boyfriend, are you able to get there without the aid of, of a toy or is it? Um, I think maybe once, mm-hmm. but most of the time we'll just kind of like include it. Sure. Which is like my preference. Cause like I would rather, like I love kissing and I like, like boobs being touched and stuff. So like if he can do other stuff while I have it on me, like yeah. that's like the best yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, and you can combine the sex with the use of it during the yeah. sex. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. It's fair because I feel like a lot of guys, and again, this might go back to the idea of what it means to be a man or a toxic masculinity or machismo and all this mm-hmm. bullshit, but like a lot of guys would probably feel like weird about the idea of a woman using a toy during sex. Like they're, they're inadequate, mm-hmm. which is obviously wrongheaded thinking. Yeah. Um, no, it's not. It's just kind of like, hey, you want to make your job easier, my yeah. time more fun. Yeah. And like, like if so one of these companies makes like a toy for guys. And I was like, can you send me one? Because I'd like to see like from my perspective, like would I care about something else being in the bedroom if he'd prefer that? Interesting. Yeah. Like I, I want to know that angle. Like I, I, yes, I'm a feminist, but I like to call myself like more like an equalist. Like I just... I think about like if I was born any other person, if I was born a dude, if I was born any other race, if I was born any other religion, how would I want the world to be? And I just want it equal. Sure. I, if I were a guy, I'd be like, "Mm, it's harder for you to do this and this makes you happy and it makes my job easier. I'm going to really love this thing. Like he's really like, and that like a lot of them, make your body do stuff that other people can't and it's really hot for guys to witness ah for sure like that's that's a huge thing too that like i didn't realize the power of was like like you're basically live porn so like if i'm masturbating like kind of for him which like i had to do the first few times and like show him like how i want it positioned and like what i want done and like how i like the levels yeah whatever like that's like like kind of like exhibitionism you know Absolutely. like it's like yeah being yeah so it's good star. that guys should be evolved enough to deal with that yeah now also i mean another stigma i feel like there's a weird thing about squirting like people have mm. different debates about what it means hundred percent exactly what it is if it's gross if it's oh do you think it's gross i love it i yeah. know i was with i was day i had two serious relationships with two for years with women who did and uh you know we did the whole thing with the rubber sheets and reversing the mattress mm. and i mean it was it was a lot it was a lot so um it's the cleanup is a lot cleanup is a lot so um i'm like trying to find the perfect thing <laughs> to like deal with it well the rubber sheets worked they might feel a little humiliating we'd sometimes put newspapers on the floor at night though to have a rubber sheet down well you can put underneath a sheet i know so you but don't have I'm the mattress s- but still it doesn't have the the breathe yeah I, I get it i guess i see that i don't know i i do know that there are guys who are like ugh, and there are women who feel 
incredibly self-conscious about yeah. it. Yeah. And then, and if I'm, oh, you're a squirter, they're like, oh, don't, don't even say the word. It's like, uh, they're oh, like, oh, I used out to find it, it very. I mean, if you listen to the first episode of my podcast, Wendy Starling says she's like a massive squirter, and I was like, oh, oh, really? Like, oh. Mm. And she's like, and I was like, do you guys like, like, because I always thought that was like gross. And sure. I just remember back to college, like I was hooking up with this guy freshman year, and he was hooking up with another girl, and I had heard she was a squirter, and I was like, haha, like she's disgusting, like, interesting, like interesting, yeah. No, like yeah. he liked her a lot better than he liked me. <laughs> that's interesting, yeah. And I think it's, yeah, for some reason, I think it, that's a whole other thing we could talk about. I, I, th- I think women who do that open themselves up emotionally in a way that's very intense. And I think it's it's tough because you it, it's a very vulnerable place to be yeah. as a woman when you're squirting. So you It to- shouldn't be, though. Like, if you think about what comes out of a dude's penis, like, that shit is fucking cobwebs you know <laughs> like like how come guys aren't embarrassed with every load because guys were because were it's been born normalized it's been normalized too it's been normalized and, and, and also the idea and this is something that's just been you know endemic to american culture and just society in general is that the idea of a man being embarrassed like that's our sort of default like we're just stupid guys with belly and there's a burp down embarrassing but that's part of the culture but we don't get to be fucking embarrassing like i like oh girls don't fart girl like let us be fucking human yeah you know like in sex ed it was like oh well guys are gonna get boners and you know you have to help them with the boners or else you're gonna see the boners that was your sex ed i mean not actually but like it was basically like get prepared because guys do this and you're yeah. you might see it or whatever and i used to think to myself oh my god like if i was a guy i'd get so many boners like thank god like <laughs> but the thing is is we are like our clits did you know it's the same embryonic tissue like before your sex is decided that makes your I've clit heard. and yeah. your penis yeah so crazy it's basi- literally your little penis yeah basically a vagina is just an my inside penis. out penis yeah, right yeah, ish it's inside out with but the yeah. heads on top and then everything else is inside out oh sure I don't a know. Taco. I'm not a scientist, but but I so, but yeah, no space. There is a and guys have a hole up there. Like you know, you have little sockets above your balls that you could shove your balls up into. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah. how um, drag queens do it. Like when oh. they're tucking. Like oh, where so do you think they're behind the legs? It's in the, the dick socket. Goes behind the legs. But the, but the balls, balls go, go up into a socket. A little bat cave. How crazy. Oh, my God. I'm going to do so many weird things to myself after this I know. podcast. Just experiment with that. I know. So I wanted to talk to you about the, the kind of grander scope and the goal of the podcast. Because I don't think we were recording when you talked about the fact that you had this really mm. interesting email from a soldier. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. I want to bring it up, that. actually. It's like the nice. I get a really, really wonderful messages like every day about that's that really, like, really cool. You changed my life. And I'm like, oh, my God, you changed mine, too. That's actually I, really amazing because I feel like as a comic, most of the time our heads are up our asses and we're like we have some weird sort of insecurity where we have to get on stage and feel validation. So the fact that you can actually have people who really tell you that you're they're you're changing their life is sort of the ultimate goal yeah it, well i mean it's i think it's funny because i started it completely selfishly i was of course, like i of don't course. yeah i was like i need more followers to come to my shows <laughs> and also i want to come um but yeah now it's tall so anyway this, so why are you looking this, for this I w- yeah I w- no i have when, it when oh you have it right now mm-hmm. 
Good. Okay, so this soldier writes me, so I'm on deployment and we were talking about sex. I brought up how much I learned from your podcast and so many soldiers said, that's lame. I'm great at sex. I always get women off. I bring in statistics, science, and everything else. They weren't totally convinced. We've spent the last four hours listening to the first episodes of How Come. Doesn't look like it's ending soon and everyone is having incredibly constructive conversations. Wow. Someone will literally say, hey, pause, 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 and we will discuss the topic and move on. It's so dope. Hope you realize that this podcast, what this podcast has done for people, especially for me. A group of alpha males are sitting around a speaker listening to your podcast, learning about the female orgasm, talking about how they can improve their partner's sex life. These guys are learning about selflessness in a way through this podcast. That's awesome. Um, I said, I'm freaking out. Um, and it just made my heart explode. And he said, I've been the army for coming on six years and I've seen misogyny every step of the yeah. way. It's not everywhere in the army or military in general, but it's there. Just this week, I had one of my soldiers say, I don't care if she comes. And tonight that very soldier said that he was going to be more conscious with his partners. That's incredible. Keep going. I'm so pumped about this. Blah, 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 blah. That's really, how old is the guy? Do you know? I don't. To say if he's a private or... And he, he goes... So you've literally helped an entire platoon of guys understand the Me Too movement, women, wow. sexuality, and toxic masculinity in one night. We should thank you. That is really incredible. Yeah. Like, what? Uh, I want to do a caveat to that. By the way, that that is really amazing. So thank you. I, have you ever toured military bases with your comedy? I haven't. So I should. I have, have and yeah. the last tour I did around America mm-hmm. uh, and my jokes are <coughs> whatever like I talk I, I you know I, I don't I definitely don't talk about assault or anything like that but I have a joke you talk about a pepper <laughs> about what it fell flat it was a dad joke a pepper a, a pepper uh-uh, what is that assault a pepper oh that's hilarious no it's not <coughs> so I um but I have a joke where I talk about being very drunk at a bar mm-hmm. and going to a woman yeah. You go up to a woman's like it's like I wanna fuck you or whatever it was. And <laughs> oh. I couldn't do that joke. Yeah. Because they said if you're drinking alcohol and you talk to a woman, it can lead to assault. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, but that's not the joke and he goes, It doesn't it doesn't matter. And they told me that sexual assault is so it's basically the unspoken thing in the military. It is such a problem. Mm. There are like twenty seven thousand cases of it a I see year that. they're all sharing a room where are they gonna yeah and, <laughs> and mean, mo- obviously mostly i mean sometimes against men but mostly against women mm-hmm. and um and you can't even talk about it because you, you can't even address anything that could give a young kid the impetus to then drink and talk to a woman because it, so it is literally like that mm-hmm. in suicide which people don't talk about in suicide in the military oh, it's really yeah. such a huge issue so those are the two of the things that you can't talk about um so the fact that you're actually contributing to something that will mollify, Help. yeah, is really kind of kind of genius, incredible. That must have, so you get messages like that all the time, huh? I get, yeah. It's usually girls being like, I feel so much better about like my self image and my worth yeah. and like my body and stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, yay! So how many how many women would you say have have Had you introduced this orgasms? toy to in particular? Well, that made it's them not proud? even like some women will come in the assignments before I did. Like there was one girl, the week I launched it, she wasn't even a listen. I mean, she's a friend and who had listened to it. And she did assignment one and she was like, oh my God, I'd never come alone before. Like, wow. I never took like the time. Yeah. So yeah, there's people who do it every step of the way in different ways. It's not just people that like listen to like the machine or whatever. So the podcast is once a week. 
once a week. It used so the first six episodes were uh, once every two weeks because I had to give myself time to like do the assignments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Masturbate at all. Yeah. <laughs> and have you since you've been doing this? Have you thought about? Ex- I mean, have you even thought about like maybe I'll get a degree in? S- like as a sexual therapist, is that something that interests you? I mean, you could be a comic and do that, maybe. I don't know. Or are you kind of like this is just I, um, feeding into your comedy. I really love comedy, and I kind of want to devote most of my time to that. Yeah. And I think if I can use this platform correctly, I will direct people to like experts, and sure. they can go to them instead of going to me. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And where do you see it going? I mean, obviously you're doing really good stuff with it. But where do you see it? Do you have a I would like to write a book. I would like to turn uh, it into a TV show. Whether that is scripted or reality, it is. the jury is out. Uh-huh. I'm still trying to decide. Um, and you're in L.A. Are you pitching something right now? Mm-mm. No. I just came to visit my friends oh, just and friends. be in okay. the sun. And yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I just feel like also whenever I come out here, like, fun stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't know. Like, what do you mean? You end up somewhere like... How'd I end up here? Like, yeah. Last time I came out here, I ended up being on a podcast with one of the cast members from Vanderpump Rules, which is a show that I'm like really into. No, I like Rachel. I knew Rachel from comedy like before. Yeah. Um, no, um, Ariana Maddox. Okay. And she had, I had been trying to get her for the podcast for like a year. And by trying, I mean, I messaged her once on Instagram. She didn't respond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... Yeah, so we're on this podcast together, and she had said on Vanderpump Rules that she hated her vagina. Whoa. And I was like, I need to explore that with her on How Come. And so I got her on my podcast for this season. And why'd she say she hated it? It was um, residue from an an emotionally abusive relationship. And did she not know that until she was on your podcast, really? No, she knew. She's, like, been through therapy for it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really fascinating. Yeah. I always feel that, like, I did a podcast with um, Susanna, blanking her name, uh, and it was like a sex podcast, and the woman who was on the show was a uh, a tantric um, a tantric coach and sexual expert and all yeah. this stuff, and we were talking about stuff, and she kept insulting me. She kept saying, like, huh. who? Like, why were you hurt? Who touched? Because I was trying to make jokes. Maybe some of them were a little bit like, I don't know. Mm. Um, but she was like, who hurt you? And I remember I got like really, because, okay, when I was, here's what I have to say about this. When I was a yoga teacher, mm-hmm. right, it made me very arrogant. And I noticed that all the yoga teachers around me, the men in particular, mm-hmm. but the women too, were very arrogant. Like they put themselves in a space where they're like, we're, we live in a different ethereal plane yeah. than these mere mortal humans. Well, who don't, don't you think it. comics kind of do that too? We call normal people civilians. Civilians, yeah. So I guess do so. army people. Everyone just like wants to be number one. Their own one. special. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like comics also, like, I mean, look at all the people who have committed suicide and all the problems so comics know that like we're kind of fucked up but yoga's like we're being so past she killed herself a month after that podcast no way and and the thing the reason I bring that up is because I think that um, sexuality is sort of such a tough thing to sort of uh, quantify and to talk about and if you can pretend that you're exempt from all the the messy emotional life that sex entails, I think can be disingenuous. Like it's fucking in like people like, like let me put it this way. Women who are like, yeah, I just fuck guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you? 
Is it that easy? Some is it do. that easy? But do they? Is there not harm from that? Is there not psychic harm? Is there not emotional harm? You think women can really just be like, "I'm cool with it. I've, I don't care," and it doesn't affect them? Certain women can, and certain men can. But I think both men and women who do that are kind of lying to themselves. Well, or they're just like fucking sociopaths, <laughs> or they're polyamorous, yeah. or you know, like. I don't know. Like some people, that's literally the conclusion of my entire podcast. Every episode is like, we're all different. Yeah. But like, we're all the same too. Like, it's not like guys are one way, women are another way, trans people are this way, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like every, like, I always say like, I'm not a cat person. I'm not a dog person. I like certain cats and I, I like, like certain, certain dogs, dogs yeah. and I fucking hate certain cats and I fucking hate certain dogs. Got it. I hate certain women. I hate certain men. Yes. I love certain women and I love certain men. Yes. You know, like, but let me ask you this. And I guess this is what I was getting at. Do you feel that, um, and obviously sexual revolution has been a long time, particularly now it's sort of the sexual revolution, third wave feminism with the fourth me too. Is fourth wave me- feminism yep. right now? Oh, I yep. gotta keep track. Um, They've comp- do you think that there is any danger in women treating sex too casually or being indoctrinated to a new system where they're being told that sex can be super casual and it's actually not in their sort of genetic makeup to treat sex that casually? Do you think, like, I'll put it this way. There are women mm. that, I, that are friends of mine that hang out and they want to burp in front of me. Yeah. Because they think it's like, I'm a dude. I'm, I'm like, you, I go, I don't burp in front of my fucking friends like that. As a guy, mm. I don't just go, hey, I'm a guy, boop. Maybe, but maybe they're just that type of woman. Like, you don't think I, they're trying I, to like, no, make I'm a, a big way? burper, personally. You haven't burped in front of me yet. Not yet. No, you were burping <laughs> off storm on stage. I was? Yeah, what was going on? Or you had like a, a bubble stuck in your throat? That's so funny. I didn't even notice that. You're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like clutching your chest at certain points. I was like, oh, poor Bill. That's so embarrassing. No, um, I mean, that happens all the time. Though. I'm like, I'll like try to like talk through it. I think Mulaney has a bit of like talking through it. <laughs> you know, like, when you're so like funny. old, you do that shit. That's so funny that I did that and didn't even notice it. And if a woman did, I'd be like, that's weird. Okay, exactly. That's it. the okay. thing. So, okay. So wait, so I burp in front of my boyfriend a lot. I He started farting in front of me like, year one and like this year is like the year of the Remy farts <laughs> like I have just been like ripping and like being hilarious with it yes. and like lifting a leg and uh-huh. you know like because if you're gonna do it then I'm gonna do it too if, yes. if we're doing if we're doing this we're both doing it yes like you're not I just gonna that. sit around and fucking disgust me I feel the same way about choking yes. you can choke me I'm gonna yes. choke you back yes <laughs> I, I also feel that um that uh there was an article written that women and men who fart together as couples stay together longer. Well, I should send you that link. I mean, I believe it. Like if you're able to be your realist self yeah. and your most comfortable self with someone, that's yes. probably a good pairing. My mom told me this and I forgot that she said this, but she's married for f- over 50 years. My dad and I was like, what's, you know, I kind of want She's it. been married to my dad. Not like my parents have been married for 50 years. <laughs> I know that was weird. My mom's gotta... been married to my dad. My mom's been married to, okay. They've been married this for 50 years. This guy named But I was dad. talking to my mom yeah. and she said, uh, I said, what's it? You know, I was just so curious. Like what? And she goes, you know, it's, it's, it's very nice. Like our, f-, and she said, our farts talk to each other. Hilarious. I was like, whoa. She's like, yeah, they talk to each other. Do they like, pass them back and forth between They their just kind of make, t- it's almost like the Close Encounters movie. Do, 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 do. And they they synchronize and they have different. 
I don't know. And I just remember she wasn't joking. She just said our farts kind of talk to each other. And I thought either that's really beautiful or really depressing. I couldn't tell. I think it's really cute. So anyway, this is this. Thank you so much for coming out. Is there anything else that you want to like tell people? I mean, obviously we want some to your podcast. Yeah. Is there something? Is is there an overwhelming message? I know you said your goal is to kind of do a book, talk show, da da. da. Is there overwhelming message that you want to get to people right now, men and women? And do you do you yeah. mostly feel that you want to affect? Like, where do you think your energy is? Do you think it's like both men and women, or do you feel like it's mostly women now? And no, men I think later? it's both men and women. Men I and mean, women. it's like anyone who wants to have sex with somebody with a vulva should listen to my <laughs> podcast yes. you know like a lot of trans men have vulvas also vulva if you didn't know is the real term for like the entire thing like the vagina is only the hole the, the vaginal canal but if someone said like i want to get in your vulva wouldn't that be like Ugh. i mean what do you like what 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 should men because i've always thought about that too what do men redress it because pussy to me sounds a little like mm. And obviously the C word is mm. vagina feels like a, like what do women mostly like to be I don't called? know. That's the thing is like, we kind of haven't given it like a sweet, nice name. That's like, so yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can be the one who invents the panacea name for a woman's vulva that every guy likes and every woman likes. Yeah. I don't know. Or people just have to stop thinking about it in such a negative way. Mm hmm. Like, and then, like, pussy doesn't disgust me anymore. Yeah, but it used to. Because yeah. I'm, like, it used to. Yeah. But now it's, like, like if somebody's, like, oh, I, I want your pussy, I'm, like, yes. You're, like, stand in line, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that is good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I may bestow it upon you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I just want, yeah, and, and people with penises, too. Like, there's so many guys who don't know what they're doing, and they of should course. listen to it, and, like, Girls think, oh, he's not going down on me because, like, he hates it. No, he doesn't know what he's doing, and he's, like, embarrassed. Yeah. Like, people, like, you guys just need to, like, talk and, like, be best friends with each other. Yeah. And, or not even that. Like, even with casual sex. Like, you both are going to a restaurant. You both want to eat. Yeah. That's how we need to think of sex. It's not like the man gets to eat and the woman does not. Of course. Yeah. So, that's great. Do you ever um, think about going to colleges and schools and high schools? Yeah, and, I think about it a lot. I haven't, but um, if you want me colleges, call me. I will come. Yeah, I, <laughs> think, I think that's important because I think sex ed is not really taught in yeah. America. They yeah. just teach you like you can get pregnant, you can get disease. Totally. But they don't teach you actually like. They don't teach about pleasure. Pleasure, because mm -mm. pleasure is like we're still a very weird puritanical society in totally. some ways. And we haven't really evolved from that. We still have the totally. fucking buckle shoes. My mom, I know I shat on her in the beginning, but she always said to me that sex was supposed to be fun. Yeah. Like she made that a point, but she didn't say it's supposed to end in an orgasm for a woman as well, <laughs> which would have been really helpful. Yeah. yeah. My dad said, keep it in your pants. That was a burden oh. for me. Yeah. Mm. So it's been a long process for me too. Anyway, um, thank you so much. Um, Remy Casimir, her podcast, How Come It's Genius. It's 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 a hit podcast. Thanks. You know? I have so, another podcast that's like the redheaded stepchild. But it's, oh, now you're getting like way too fucking ambitious. I'm just saying, okay, if you want to listen to it, it's called We Really Love Island. It recaps a we reality really love show. Island. We really love Island. It's about a reality show called Love Island. Love Island. Yeah. Is that an offshoot of The Bachelor? Or is that no, Temptation it's Island? a British show. It's insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you just watch it. I watch and you, it and we recap it with my American friends and then we define British words for you. It's really that's, fun. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, and it's called what again? 
We really love Island. We really love Island. And you and can follow me on Instagram at, at Remy Casimir. At Remy Casimir. And spell that for the people. R-E-M-Y-K-A-S... Wait, am I high? Yeah. <laughs> You're low R-E-M-Y-K-A-S-S-I-M-I-R. Oh, that's great. Remy, thank you so much for coming out Thanks, to the Bill. After Laugh. And... Uh, I hope we're friends now because I, I think, think you're a really friends. awesome, awesome person. You're doing great stuff Thanks. and you're helping the world, which I can say that maybe about like four other comics. Thanks. So thank you so much. All right. Signing off from the After Laugh. Bye, guys. It's the After Laugh, After Laugh. Welcome to the After Laugh, After Laugh, After Laugh. <laughs> after Laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs>